0: listen to them
1: children of the night what music they make welcome to fear the talking queers we're back well
0: then who the fuck are you
1: hosted by jake Sines and frankie corona gonzalez Uh... Showtime, bitches. Ooh, I love scary movies. Don't forget to rate me five stars. Hey, bitch. Hey, bitch. Da-da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da-da-da.
0: Da-da-da-da-da. da ba ba da
1: da 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 <laughs> da, 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 da. Bah, bah.
0: It's like that girl that's like. I was born by the river, river, rip,
1: rip, rip, rip,
0: rip. I was born by the river. I was shaking my ass. ran <laughs> it over, popping pussy. I was making that cash. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everybody, welcome to the show.
1: Yes, welcome to the show. We're back with another episode for December. Yes, yes. Um,
0: But before we get into this juicy, juicy episode that is full of drama, full of backstabbing, shit-talking, and that's just the the (laughs) behind-the-scenes.
1: Yes, I love it. I can't wait to
0: discuss. I know, drama. Um, But before that, we just want to kind of talk about some of the things that we've been watching. Well, I guess one show in particular um, that we've been watching, which is... Wednesday on Netflix.
1: Yes, Wednesday premiered on Netflix finally. We've been waiting for it forever, it feels like. And forever. Do you remember that
0: episode um, where I thought you were joking that Jenna Ortega was cast as Wednesday?
1: <laughs> yeah, you were like, okay, no, but for real.
0: <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah, and you were like, I'm not I am for real. Like, she's playing it. And I was like, What? And honestly, thank God she is yes. because she is carrying this show she, Her performance in it is Fantastic she I'm sold is
1: so good honestly She shares this role with Christina Richie now as like great Yeah iterations of this character And yeah both Very
0: I, I don't know about very Different interpretations but I mean Definitely not the same I would say no yeah the, the character It's hard to really dive because this character is so Specific and people are you know are going into it anticipating a certain kind of performance and yeah. I think that it's just different enough from each other but both very iconic and I'm very happy for Jenna that this is so successful I hope it continues
1: yeah you know Jenna Ortega is a favorite over here at Fear the Talking Queers we love the yes. rise of a scream queen so, we do. We're witnessing that right now uh, with this little baby actress, Jenna Ortega. I love her, and I can't wait for Scream silence, Oh, of course.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. I mean, the the show has already like spawned some incredibly iconic moments. Yes. people have not stopped sharing that uh, her dance in in yes. the, in the dance at the dance. I guess you could say mm-hmm. um, it's so good. It's kind of going viral on TikTok. People are like. Reenacting it, which is really
1: fun, yeah. and she choreographed it herself.
0: Yes, w- w- while having COVID,
1: <laughs> while having COVID. Wow, that's crazy. And- she didn't
0: know she had. She didn't have a positive result yet, but she said she had woken up that morning feeling not very good. And she said she never gets sick, so it was alarming. But. You know, she saw to go to work, and she did her best, and um, literally later found out she had COVID, so.
1: Well, she did fantastic. And um, I even read that she did research about how goths would dance, like, in the 90s, and incorporated that yeah. into the dance, like, some of the movements. I'm like, wow. She was so invested in the character, and I think that it shows, and it really did pay off, unlike others in the show. Oh, oh okay. Well, name names. You messy bitch. Catherine Zeta-Jones.
0: Ah. Uh. <laughs> What was she thinking? I know. Yes. It's like, it almost to me, I'm not sure how much of it is her fault. It without giving away too much. I don't think this is a major spoiler because it happens almost instantly in the show, but you find out that Wednesday and Morticia have a, a strained relationship. And so it's like, it, it, it sort of doesn't lend to any sort of version of the character that we've seen before. Like we've right. never seen Morticia having to deal with a teenager Who's coming into her own, and so that's true. It's just sort of weird to watch, and you're like, "Is this mor- the Morticia we know and love, or is this just
1: the Morticia we know and love dealing with a teenager?" By the just... way, it doesn't
0: really feel like
1: the same character, right? Exactly. Like we've always seen the Adams family be nothing but tight knit. I think the most complicated it ever got with their yeah. family was when Miss uh, Debbie, Jelinski. Debbie Jelinski, <laughs> Jelinski married Uncle Fester. That was when their relationship was the Rockiest. But to see this dynamic, it is so different. And I I think that does definitely contribute to it. So I don't think it is totally her fault. A lot of it has to do with just the predicament that they're in. But at the same time, she sort of seems like she's just playing this graceful, you know, uh, composed woman. Versus really lending and leaning into, like, the darkness of it. I don't think that she... Oh, yeah. Or the camp
0: of it or... No. Yeah, there's, like... It just feels very genuine, and but it's like, what else can you do? I, honestly, I probably would have been 100 percent okay with her just copying and Jelka used his performance.
1: Honestly, yeah, I don't see what's wrong with that. Even Luis, same for him as well. I think that oh, yeah, he should have just kind of played it the Raúl Julia way and just like went yeah. and kind of mimicked his performance a bit. I mean, I hate to say that because they're actors. They're just yeah, I hate to do, say that, but they're just in costume and that's kind of it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and they're just in costume and they're just sort of like and just hearing like Louis sort of like utter like the famous phrases and like the French and the Spanish. It just like it just ugh, I don't know. It isn't yeah. clicking for me. They're my only critiques. Yeah. I I will say they have like two major episodes that they're in and I would say that the second one and I don't know if you've gotten there yet but I think Catherine redeems herself a little bit in it, but uh, not enough for me to be like, "Yes, she's nailing it, iconic."
1: Okay. No, it's like still like, okay, all right, I get it. I was talking um, this over with, was it you, where we talked about different casting choice <laughs> for uh, Morticia? Did we? And maybe somebody mentioned Selma Hayek, and I was like, "Well, yes, oh.
0: obviously,
1: yeah, she'd be great." she would have been fantastic but they're going for looks
0: wise she's so short and she's so like I feel like Morticia is always like tall and lanky and then like or oh. at least the comic book version and then Gomez is like short, of short
1: and squatty and that definitely looks like what they were inspired by the most right the exactly book. I mean Luis no offense looks almost exactly like the comic book <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's true. He does. He looks
0: like the Charles Adams comic strip character. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Catherine looks great, too.
1: Oh, Catherine looks fantastic.
0: They added, like, feathers to her. Or, like, raven feathers, I think, probably, to her dress. Like,
1: Yes.
0: Okay, I, I, give a, I like the little embellishments they've added. Yeah. The costuming, uh, it's the cute.
1: styling is great. I think it's fantastic. Yeah,
0: Christina Ricci, though.
1: Oh, she looks great in the, uh, this. And she... Um, her performance is fine, you know. Like she's great, she's good in everything that she does. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, have you haven't finished the series yet, right? No, I have not. Okay, all right. Stay, t- stay tuned for Miss Christina. Ooh, okay. I need to finish it. What do
1: we think of the other supporting roles?
0: Um, I think the boys need to be hotter. I will say that. I will say that. Sorry, as if, well. if, if, if Sorry. we are, if this is, you know, in the vein of. Riverdale and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, yeah, and all of that. Then come on, bring, that, let, bring let in the hotties, in. bring in the hotties. Like, come on, because these boys not doing it for me. They're all they all kind of look the same for
1: one, and okay, uh, they're okay. That was my number one critique. I between the I'm like, who's who? The three boys, it's three of them, right? Yes, the one that, yes, yes, there's three, yes, boys, the one, the the boy one's the, the one that works
0: at the coffee, the shop, one at coffee shop, the one who the one who's the Gorgon with who's like Medusa and then the other one is the Xavier the yes whatever he is the other
1: I guy I forget what he is a, a, <laughs> a werewolf is he a werewolf I forget probably they all look the same they all and, look the same and I said that too I was like I feel like they should have mixed it up with the casting of the boys. Yeah. They're all tall, like,
0: skinny, lanky white boys. Tall,
1: skinny, pale, lanky white boys with the same color hair. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, who's who? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait, is that Medusa? Like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, I, no. That's yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the girl that plays the roommate as well. I think she did a really good job. I like their dynamic. Oh,
0: so cute. I love her character. I think I might have found my... Halloween costume for next year oh okay. you should be Wednesday <laughs> I should
1: can you imagine oh my
0: god we'd be so cute as as Wednesday
1: and Enid Enid yeah I was like what's her name
0: <laughs> um and I, uh, I like the actress that plays Bianca I like that they're like incorporated sirens and mermaids and the whole show the premise of the show is basically Adams family meets
1: Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I would want to be Bianca, uh, obviously. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, you want to be a a mermaid? Yeah, a mermaid A siren? Yeah, Yeah. the mean girl of the school. Yeah, that'd be me. (laughs) Yes,
0: exactly. And then, um, of course, Gwendolyn Christie is is fantastic. And I love that they
1: made her look like... Tippy Hedron and the birds. Yes, right? she does
0: look like that. When she's sitting yes. at the
1: at the desk and she has that like raven next to her desk, oh, like taxidermy yes. raven. I was like, oh my god! I was like, did they do this intentionally?
0: Yeah, like psycho. A little bit of the birds because you know, yeah. like Doran Bates has those taxidermied fucking
1: birds in his in yes. the lobby of the hotel. Very Hitchcockian of them. For uh, her character, a very what? <laughs> very big cocks in this film. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, anyway, um, tune into Wednesday on Netflix. It's awesome. Yes. I mean, it's exactly what you expect it to be—the fun teen show—and um, it's a great little
1: showcase for Miss Jenna and
0: all the rest.
1: So yes, Wednesday. But um, speaking of big cocks. Let's get into our movie this week. <laughs> yeah, starring Harry Styles. <laughs> because it's all about female pleasure. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Harry Styles.
0: Is it about female pleasure?
1: <sighs> okay, what we're talking about, obviously, is Don't Worry Darling. A movie that we discussed on this podcast before is being really excited about, and then it came oh, out. Oh, we were so excited. I was like, oh my god.
0: Florence Pugh, another psychological thriller. Where she cries a lot. I was like, I am in. This and is has be great. And has sex with
1: Harry Styles. And we we're like, even better. Yes.
0: Oh my God. And she looks great. It looks like the Stepford Wives. Like, yes. this is going to be awesome. I was like, I trust that Florence picks only good projects. She would never do anything that's going to be terrible. So, this and you has were got sadly to be good.
1: mistaken.
0: Oh, <laughs> I sure fucking was. But, but, <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I guess there are probably there are worse things but it's just a very derivative film we've seen it many times there's not much new to it and so exactly um, you know, it just didn't turn out to be the movie that we were hoping for, not at all. But then you come to find out, not that I don't I don't know if any of this part of it contributes to how the film turned out, but there was a lot of drama mama.
1: Yes, I do think that it contributed to it because I think it provided an environment with a lot of distractions, which is why there is yeah. a lot of disruption because it's not a bad movie. There's good and there's bad, but it's just it almost seems like there was no leader. Like, it was just like, this is the story, so act it out. Here you go.
0: Yeah. And maybe that comes down to Miss Olivia Wilde, you know, actress turned director who had an incredible success with Booksmart, you know, her directorial debut. So much so that this movie, there was like a bidding war for this film, you know, to get, you know, distributed. And I think uh, that New Line Cinema ended up winning this bidding war for Olivia Wilde's next film. Directorial project And I, I wonder if they're like Oops, maybe we jumped the gun And thinking that she was, you know, the next You know, Catherine Bigelow Or Jordan Peele or something
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that what I i, I don't know I, We'll get into it, we just have to jump in And dive in and then start dissecting yeah, The drama absolutely. and the movie Right, okay So,
0: without further ado This is Don't Worry Darling Stole from Doctor Collins because Margaret can't be a of yourself, Alice.
1: You are behaving like a child.
0: Your husband is out there having the most important night of
1: his life. He's being celebrated, and you're in here trying to ruin no. it You're no. sound exactly like Margaret. Don't worry, darling, released in 2022. Story by Carrie and Shane Van Dyke. Written by Katie Silberman. Directed by Olivia Wilde. Alice and Jack Chambers, played by Florence Pugh and Harry Styles, are a young, happy couple in the 1950s living in an idyllic neighborhood of the company town of Victory, California, which has been created and paid for by the mysterious company of the same name for which Jack works. Every day, the men go to work at Victory headquarters out in the surrounding desert, while their wives, Alice, her friend Bunny, played by director Olivia Wilde, the pregnant Peg, played by Kate Berlant, Newcomer Violet, played by Sydney Chandler, and Margaret, played by Kiki Lane. Stay home to clean, relax and prepare dinner for their husbands. This sounds Ooh. like a
0: dream. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is exactly what I want. I
1: need a little wifey <laughs> like this. I know. They're trying to escape and I'm trying to move in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like thank God there's a there's an opening now. I'm going to give me on one of these machines. Okay. <laughs> The women are discouraged from asking questions about their husband's work and are told not to venture out to headquarters due to the dangerous materials the company works with. Margaret has become an outcast among the other wives after taking her son out into the desert, resulting in her son's apparent death. Margaret claims that victory took her son from her as punishment, but these claims are dismissed by the others as a trauma-induced paranoia. While attending a party hosted by Shelley, played by Gemma Chan, and Frank, played by Chris Pine, Victory's enigmatic founder and leader, Alice sees Margaret's husband attempting to give her medication. Later, while Alice and Jack secretly have sex in Frank's bedroom, Alice realizes Frank is observing them, but says nothing. Ew, I okay. would too. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, ew, ew, ew. I'd be like, you want to hit this next?
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. You re- ready for me, Harry? <laughs> or Jack, or whatever your name is?
1: Yeah, Chris Pine.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: just, yeah. bring them all in. Nick Kroll, just come on in here. Ew. <laughs> One morning while riding Harry Styles' dick... Oh, wait! <laughs> That's not what it says.
0: <laughs> That's, not what it says. <laughs> That's not what it says.
1: Close. Close. It's a typo. Typo. <laughs> One morning while riding the trolley across town, Alice witnesses a red biplane?
0: Yeah, it's... um. They're trying to be inclusive of its sexuality.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. She witnesses a red biplane crash somewhere out in the desert. Alice disembarks and rushes into the desert to help, accidentally stumbling on Victory Headquarters, a small building covered in mirror-like windows. After touching one of the windows, she experiences surreal hallucinations before waking up back home later that night to find Jack preparing their dinner. In the following days, Alice begins to experience increasingly strange occurrences. She's almost crushed between a window and a moving wall, and she finds a box of eggs... Uh... Okay. And eats them. Just <laughs> <laughs> And eats the shells. Oh. <laughs> and she finds a box of eggs to be filled only with hollow shells. She receives a phone call from Margaret, who claims to have seen the same thing Alice had. Later, during a dance lesson lectured by Frank's wife Shelley. Alice sees a vision of Margaret violently banging her head against a mirror. She rushes back to their neighborhood, just in time to see Margaret slit her own throat and fall from the roof of her house. Alice is dragged away by strange men in red jumpsuits before she can reach Margaret's body. Whoa! wow. Oh, my gosh. Sounds
0: pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah, but honestly, this movie starts off with the people just partying and having a good time. Yeah. Honestly, these people
1: are not a party. Yes, the music is great. The aesthetic is great. They're out. They look yeah. fantastic. You know, yeah, these parties look lit. <laughs> they do. They really do. I think that it looks like ideal, like an ideal life. Sure, right? of course,
0: it's a picture perfect.
1: And Harry Styles and Florence Pugh as um, Alice and whatever his name is, um, they <laughs> <laughs> and Jack, Jack. They're such a cute jack and rose yeah couple they look they look fantastic on screen together
0: they do oh my god they're perfect she's a young a young beauty you know young starlet beauty and he's the biggest pop star in the world right now i mean a match made in heaven i would say
1: yeah obviously because let's get into this drama real quick because okay okay (laughs) The drama definitely hindered, I think, the performance of the movie and how people perceived it because it's already kind of a middle-of-the-road type of movie and I think that that really took it over the edge into the bad side.
0: Yeah, but I think it definitely helped with the box office. I think it probably drew people in to see it. I mean, I know I was like even more intrigued but once the reviews had come out and I saw that they weren't great, I still wanted to see it just because I was being bombarded with so much Information about it and you know, yes. all these, you know, headlines and you know, Twitter posts and you know, the drama really honestly helped you know bring me to it. Maybe that was maybe it was all planned. Maybe it was all planned from the beginning because I knew the movie was going to be bad.
1: Yeah, maybe. But there was a lot of shit that happened, and honestly, Olivia Wilde walked out of this looking really bad. So basically, it yeah. was, Let's get to the first drama bullet point. Harry Styles was always the original choice for jack however due to his busy touring schedule he dropped out and was replaced with shia labeouf but apparently according to olivia wilde shia labeouf was a little too combative he didn't really feed into the kind of environment she wanted on set he made florence pugh uncomfortable allegedly and he was fired however shia labeouf was like i'm not i was not fired you bet he has voicemail recordings of olivia wilde begging him to stay (laughs) on the Yeah, this bitch watches The Housewives because he came with receipts.
0: Yes, he did. He came with receipts. Yeah, he's like, none of this ever happened. Like, the voicemail and stuff is out there, or the email, whatever it was, and it's literally just Olivia begging. She's like, please, we can make this work. Like, I know we can. And which is completely different than her story that she told to the public.
1: Yeah, he was like, no, we just didn't see you know eye to eye and I think that she kind of maybe took it if his story is true I think she maybe took advantage of the, the public already knowing that Shia LaBeouf is a little bit difficult to work with and he may sure. not be you know all there of course <laughs>
0: but well, one of the things that I had heard was that the reason he left is because they were never able to find time to rehearse with each other and maybe mm. his method as an actor is he requires a lot of rehearsal And with, you know, maybe Miss Olivia steering the ship, maybe she's not the greatest, you know, sort of leader in that sense. And it sounds like he was like kind of fed up with the process from the beginning and dropped. So If that is the case, of course, this is all legend. You never know.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Conveniently, he drops out and she recast Harry Styles because COVID-19 hit. His tour was canceled. And she was like, great, you can be in the movie. After the casting process was finished her and Jason Sudeikis decided that they were going to split from each other and her relationship and steamy affair with Harry Styles started which caused a lot of turmoil on set.
0: What a shock. What a shock. I mean honestly I would too. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The opportunity came.
1: Yeah. Well she wanted to cast herself as Alice and I have a theory about this. She said that she saw Florence in Midsommar and was like oh, well, she's my muse. She's my lead. No, I think production was like, let's find somebody else. <laughs> I think the producers. Maybe I,
0: what the story is apparently is that she was originally cast as Alice and Florence was going to be playing Bunny, but that they Olivia decided that the, the two leads should be a little younger than her. So Damn. she really took one for the team.
1: <laughs>
0: I'll just go down to the supporting oh, character okay. a bunny
1: yeah that makes sense um, with the other people involved with this story where no one's really sure what Fl- Florence has remained a professional throughout the drama of this She has movie. stayed silent, yeah. But silent. a little
0: petty a little petty, a little sniper from the side, you know.
1: Yeah. And it really it comes from her silence. Like she's like, I'm not promoting this movie, yeah. I'm not going on the interviews, I'm not doing the press tour, I'm not doing anything but showing up to the premiere under contractual obligation yeah. and, and walking the red carpet. And I
0: will only go to the Venice premiere. She was at the time filming Dune 2. So like she's busy. She's she's out there and right. um but but going back again to uh filming the movie supposedly Olivia and Florence had their own beefs like their the the drama between them was escalating and it, from you know some of the alleged some of the alleged claims were that Olivia and Harry would just like disappear for hours probably wasting all of their time and that didn't sit well with Miss Florence and supposedly led to a huge screaming match between Florence and Olivia and which resulted in like the studio having to intervene and go into like heavy negotiations with Florence to you know really solidify what her participation with the rest of the project was going to be and I think that they wanted to keep her on the film obviously because it's a good thing they did because she's the best thing in it yeah But she was like, I don't want to fucking promote this. So they negotiated the only thing that she was required to do was show up to that Venice premiere. So she didn't do any promo for it. She didn't do press junkets. She didn't do anything.
1: (laughs) And I think that says a lot about the process of the film because an actress like Florence Pugh, I mean, I think that she's taken everything she's done very seriously. And I think that she gave up in believing in this project in the midst of it. Yeah. And after all of that was said and done... They go to release the premiere of the trailer and Miss Olivia Wilde gets on stage to introduce the trailer and talk about her film and all this. And some guy runs up on stage and serves her with papers that Jason Sudeikis is suing her for custody of their children. And that was another (laughs) layer of drama. That is so crazy. Chris Pine and Harry Styles were like jokes. Had their own little phony
0: drama. Yeah. (laughs) Which wasn't even their fault. Spitgate. Like, give me a break. What a
1: joke. That was a joke.
0: Yeah. Blown out of proportion. This moment at the Venice premiere where it supposedly looks like as Harry is sitting down next to Chris Pine that he spits on him. and Which is absolutely not what happened. These guys are like, this is insane. But it was just like like there you could not stop the momentum
1: of the drama
0: shit coming out about this movie about the drama it was like snowballing like crazy and any little thing people had their eyes so focused on this group of people trying to figure out what the drama is here yeah yeah we were just getting ridiculous headlines
1: and miss kiki lane um I guess had a much bigger role in the movie and was cut severely down to just the few moments that we have with her here as Margaret. And she, when she was asked about you, she was not part of the, you know, press tour and none of that, um, because she had been so reduced in the film. And she was like, honestly, the only thing good that came out of the movie was that I met my boyfriend. I know I'm still with, <laughs> there you <laughs> go. She, and she said that she goes, I wasn't happy with the way the character turned out in the final product. So, it is what Yeah, it is. I
0: mean, it's an unfortunate reality, but it's very interesting considering that I think that this movie could have used so much editing and that the fact that they would just like edit an entire character out, I mean, it's just so padded that maybe they could have <laughs> edited out a lot of the fluff in this movie or like the padding and maybe yes. added more character. And it's to crazy. These characters.
1: And I totally agree because I think Olivia Wilde definitely chose style over substance. I what you can see in this movie that's very obvious which is the good parts of it is that it's visually yeah uh, compelling like, oh I think she stunning has an eye for for setups and blocking and um, visuals but when it comes to the actual storytelling I don't think she really did it
0: yeah I think that I think the script was just a hot mess and that Olivia didn't write this movie but like right. you know, it just, it doesn't really connect. I think she thought the script was better than it is. Me too. And relied on it too much. I think so too. I think she fully believed that this was going to be her her get out, you know or something like that. And it just, it didn't because the script is unfortunately too derivative of things that have come before. We've seen this movie.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. In this whole uh, first section that we just read through, it's like We've seen this done twice for the Stefford Wives. We've seen yeah. it done in Get Out. In The Matrix. And there are The <sighs> Matrix and fucking Avatar. Like, <laughs> there's yeah. just so many things that are like this. This is the most lackluster of that entire group of movies in this specific story.
0: It's the movie that doesn't care to really explain or expand on the world in which it takes place. Right. You know, it's like we're 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 left hanging with so many questions at the end of this movie that what I've read and I thought the, I laughed because this is so true is that it leaves you with a better conversation in the car home than the movie. <laughs> a more interesting conversation, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think some of this standouts... mostly going
0: what happened?
1: <laughs> yeah, So, wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think a lot of the marketing for this movie relied on, like, the sensual aspects of it. Because Olivia Wilde was under the impression that this movie was about female pleasure. Uh, Oh, yes. And And that is another
0: area of contention that was sort of like a petty press moment between her and Florence. (laughs) Because Olivia seemed to really focus on the sexual aspect of it and they really played it up in the trailers and she was like yeah this is about female sex notice that none of the men come in the movie but the women do
1: like great that definitely sounds like a choice she made because she was sleeping with the lead
0: right absolutely (laughs)
1: like I don't know why else that would be the emphasis of her direction
0: right and Florence it was like um I don't think with it the story should be reduced to just the sex part of it.
1: Precisely. Because
0: it's a it's a very small aspect of a, a story that I think is better than just the sex, which was, was it wasn't, I don't know, but I mean I think <laughs> that she has a point in saying like, maybe we shouldn't just market this as if this is I don't know, Fifty Shades and market it more towards you know, being a psychological sci-fi thriller like it should be. Yeah. maybe with with some feminist commentary
1: well it's just it doesn't match the overall story like once we get to the end and we find out you know what this all is it's and, and basically the stepford wives. it's like taking the stepford wives and you're like whoa what an interesting um conversation about patriarchy uh gender yeah. roles stuff like that yeah. and then you take that and it's still present but then you have add these steamy sex scenes because that's what the director wants. And um, like, <laughs> can you believe none of the men come in this movie? Only the women. It's like, yeah. What
0: about the story? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, how does that contribute to the story? It seems like this is a movie about female oppression by, you know, incel men who yes. are, you know, th- threatened by, by certain things about women or like, just think that women have to be happy all the time and, you know, get upset when they won't have sex with them. Um, and it's like, okay, what is so what is your emphasis on the sex scenes really contributing to that narrative? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. It almost seems it almost seems like the antithesis of it. It's like fucking your your oppressor, you know? It's like, okay.
1: Well, it's also like it's like reading a really great book, compelling book, and you're like, I, well, I didn't. I wasn't really into it, but I love the sex scenes. It's like you totally missed the mark. She yeah, missed the mark, yeah. totally. Yeah,
0: yeah. Her focus was somewhere else, and it was in Mister Styles'
1: trousers. Honestly, you can tell she was distracted. This is a yeah. mess.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, okay, here we, so here, why don't we get into more of, like, the story part of it, right? Okay, so, um, we meet Alice. She's a very assimilated to this life, right? Yeah. She, we, we see, like, their, we see their day-to-day, she, uh, you know, he goes to work, and she cooks, and she cleans, and she cooks, and she cleans, and she cooks, and she cleans. You know, so they're sort of on this, like, repetitive lifestyle, or, you know, life cycle, and, um, or, it's, like, not just them, it's everyone on their little cul-de-sac.
1: Yes, it's everybody. And you're kind of thinking, what is this? Is this a cult? Well, I think right yeah. away, my mind went to the Stepford Wives. I mean, it's such a prominent piece of, of pop culture that you can't help but to think of that. And then, but you're like, what well, what's the story here? It's Obviously, it's not going to be the Stepford Wives, even though that's right. exactly what it turns out to be. Um, exactly. you're thinking, maybe it's a cult. Maybe it's like a, I don't know, brainwashing. Yeah, the cult that I really got... The uh the impression it was
0: sort of taking after was do you know anything about like the Nexium cult?
1: Oh, is that the one that they did the documentary about?
0: Yeah, they've done like a trillion of them. There's another. There's another. You know, huge chunk of it that's going to be coming out soon. Yes. Um, it sort of reminded me of that, and Chris Pine's character sort of reminded me of that fucking dude that runs that Nexium cult. And and all I can remember is that they call him Vanguard, and literally in what in uh. Chris Pine's speech as Frank uh, literally says the word that we are the vanguard of whatever, whatever. And I'm like, oh, wow. It's like, uh, yeah, they're okay. very similar. But the character of Frank is actually based on a real person. He's based on uh, the very famous uh, psychologist and author Jordan Peterson, whom Olivia Wilde described as a pseudo intellectual hero to the incel community, which he's basically like one of those. Psycho- you know, psychologists I guess that like cater towards you know old gender norms and um, you know gender roles and things like that and that you know men need to take back their power kind of person mm-hmm. and so I I, th- I think Chris Pine actually really nails this role um, yeah. the role to me feel, feels like it was probably maybe reduced a lot too it
1: seems that way
0: all his moments are really good but I don't know I don't his conclusion isn't very satisfying or fleshed out, just like most of the things in this movie. Nothing really comes to like a full, full fledged flesh out, you know.
1: No, I but I do think you're right. I do you think Chris Pine plays the character very well? And I think Gemma Chan as his complimentary wife in this also oh. does a really good job. I think that they're very intimidating and scary. <laughs> yes, because they're like
0: both. They're both very good looking, but they yeah. they both have this kind of quiet intimidation. Gemma Chan really nails it. She has a really great scene um, later on in the movie where she's just like s- stone cold and icy and I think she played that perfectly.
1: Very well, yes. And I think that the cast in general does a oh. pretty terrific job. I think Florence Pugh is obviously yeah. the standout and I think they all look really great. But I can see your notes and there's something about you being attracted to Nick Kroll
0: <laughs> I know. Is that weird? I there, there's yeah. something about him that I'm just like
1: Is it this movie? I, Specifically, he's cute. Th-
0: it's it's not just this movie. Like sometimes I like I watched his stand up recently and I was like, I would. Is that weird?
1: Um, no, because every is now a- and then I have like, you know, my slip I'm like, this eighty eight year old man is hot. You know, it's like <laughs> Exactly.
0: <laughs> like it's not like the I mean I don't know. I think he's a little. He's not, he's kind of sexy. Okay. No, he's maybe he's not sexy. He's not Wa- sexy,
1: but Olivia Wilde saw something in him apparently because she he's the one that got cast as uh, I know as her man. husband.
0: Yeah. Well, I know, I know exactly. Um, but speaking of Olivia Wilde, yes, we've t- we've haven't talked particularly well about her this episode, but. Honestly she's great in this
1: movie She's a fantastic actress She's fantastic and I I love what she did With the role of Bunny I think she looks fantastic and I think she played this role Exactly With how it was intended to be played
0: Yes exactly as if it should have been The role she was originally cast as (laughs) Yeah
1: I was watching her interactions With Florence Pugh in particular Their scenes together and I was like I could not have seen this in reverse I just don't see that. Oh, though.
0: not at all. No, she's perfect for this role. She's like the older down-to-earth neighbor who likes to drink a lot. Like Yeah, it kinda got some edge to her. Yeah. Yeah, I can see her like being the neighbor in like a sitcom, like bewitched or something. Yeah, yeah. And she's like a s- like the boozy fun neighbor.
1: And she's stunning. Just a gorgeous. Oh, she is face. absolutely be-
0: She's beautiful. Um, yes. She's gorgeous. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Okay. So here are some of the directing choices of hers that I fucking hate. And no, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I don't think it's her. I think it's the writing. In, in this way, the imagery that kind of plays out. So we see uh, Alice go into the desert and come across that building. The weird part to me about these buildings and the architecture and like the the you know it all plays into the very 1950s aesthetic. And I think it's... Yeah. I, I think it's... I love it. I, I love that era of style. Um, however, all of these buildings actually exist in real life. And some of them are yeah. quite famous. And so yeah. like, to see them being used as like these sinister objects, you know, I'm like, I don't know if it really <laughs> works for me. I kind of wish they would have embellished the... Scenery a little bit more just to kind of Mm. differentiate it from what it really truly is, which is just like you know, the mirrored house in the Mojave Desert. You know, it's like, yeah, we have mixed it up a little bit just to make it look more, (laughs) you know, different, yeah, like
0: zhuzh it up a little bit,
1: yeah, make it more, yeah. No, I, I see what
0: you're saying, but I will say that like the town of victory looks absolutely beautiful. Oh, I mean it looks like it looks like li- Palm Springs like <laughs> Palm Spring. I mean it was filmed in Palm Springs yeah. like part of it was uh, was there but it's like beautiful like desert oasis like yeah. I would 100% if I was given the opportunity I would 100% move there it looks very beautiful
1: mm-hmm.
0: isolated which isn't fun but i mean speaking
1: beautiful, of beautiful nonetheless of speaking of beautiful and aesthetic there are these scenes where that are very aesthetically pleasing like um, Alice being crushed by the wall and um, finding the broken eggs like these metaphorical scenes like the dancers she's startin- dancing in yeah. her head
0: yeah I mean I, th- I think that we're supposed to be taking a lot of these as like you know or she's coming to or like the the, the illusion is starting to shatter around her and she's starting to notice it I, I, we don't really get why she starts noticing them right away but um it just... It, it They're very interesting, but after a while they sort of just... They're like things that just keep happening, and you're like, okay, but like, why?
1: Yeah, why? And what relevance, or what does it stand for? What does it mean? And all I can really take away from it is that when she comes across the headquarters, I think it maybe fucks with her... Machinery a little bit, or her wires, Across yeah. or something, because it seems like they're all kind of in this dreamlike trance where you can't. You're just going, you know, like in a dream, you're just going through the motions of your dream, yeah. And then as you start to like wake up, you're like, oh wait, this is a dream, like hello, like, and then you start to like come out of it and you wake up. Sure, it's kind yeah, of yeah, and you like, like see that. glimpses, yeah, yeah. That's how or I like, took do, it. do
0: you ever know? There's like a part, like a part of your sleep. That I always notice that where it's like I'm still awake but I'm like falling asleep it's almost like like if you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like kind of restless and you start falling back asleep and you realize that your mind is sort of like running yeah but you're but you are not fully like con- like conscious you are you know you're what I'm saying it's in and out in and out yeah, yeah. And sometimes and I you feel wake like up in
1: the middle of the night and you're thinking like actively yes. you're like oh my gosh i need to go to the grocery store because we have to get this and that and i'm like why am i th- i just woke up yeah
0: <laughs> like, i was thinking yeah. about
1: this in my sleep.
0: she must be like waking up a bit from the dream like maybe maybe somebody spilled some water on her little her little technology around her like it's a like glitching
1: <laughs> yeah what i'd be curious to find out is what these things are as far as like the plane crash what is that?
0: The, the plane crash to me is very confusing. I, I, I spent a lot of time trying to think like what it can mean. I was looking up on Google they're like it, maybe it, it, it like represents escape. I was like I don't know. It maybe. seems like a very weird. It's never really explained. It's one of the many many things in this movie that aren't explained. But the only thing I was like trying to rationalize like while I was watching it today was like maybe it's like a, like a defense mechanism that the that the program has. I was like, what if, like, they assume that if you saw a plane crash while you were out, like, at the edge of town, oh, that you would be more dang. willing to go back into town to maybe report it? And that they they don't assume that people would actually yes. get don't out and try to in yeah in the desert. I was like, maybe that's what it is. Like, that was something I was trying to rationalize. Whether that's true or not, I don't know but like I was like maybe that's why that happens like you get to the edge of town because you see it for a very short glimpse um and if you don't know uh, if you haven't seen the movie if you're watching it for the first time I mean you see that Margaret is clutching like this red plane yeah like a toy red plane yeah I'm like okay so the red plane obviously is something that she remember or she saw too so I was like maybe that's what it is maybe you get out to the edge of town they're like then we're going to have a plane crash and they're going to be like, Oh my God, let's get back to town to tell somebody. That doesn't sound like a bad idea, right?
1: Is it something with like her and Margaret sort of being like, I I don't know. This is kind of a loose end to me where it's like, uh, she seems to be very connected with Margaret because she's almost seeing like her ghost after she dies. Yes. Which doesn't make sense because. Not at all. Why is this happening? That's what I'm saying. This is created by the men
0: like yeah so in a lab why so yeah so like why when she's in that dance class and she's starting to see like hallucinations or like her reflection like she is margaret and then they like walk up to the mirror together and start smashing her head like why is that happening
1: why is that happening and then i was thinking you know margaret took her son out to the desert and that is you know the plane obviously seemed to be the son's toy yeah and then i'm like maybe this is where margaret's life came crashing down <laughs> and that's why she's seeing it as like the plane is an actual plane and it's crashing oh god I don't know. maybe I, 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 I don't know like i don't know it there are very much loose ends in this and i think as we get more into like the simulation of it as well that it, it you're like oh it all falls It all not, falls apart that was not thought out at all clearly yeah
0: like even down to okay so then like the egg moment I'm like, okay, so she, like, has this carton of eggs. She opens it up and she crushes it and notices that there aren't any yolks in them. But I'm like, okay, why? All the the rest of the food seems to be real. Does she never use eggs? Is she not programmed to touch the eggs? And she did. And they're
1: empty. I read a little theory that, like, um, the eggs and the um, the the file Margaret's file that's all kind of like blacked yeah. out is because their brain can only do so much functioning in this simulation and that like they, they're they like you can't read in dreams apparently so then like what? the page is oh, wow. like you know distorted or like that th- these are like just like indications that she's dreaming that it's all in mm. her head and I'm like that's great and all but you would think that they would make it a little bit more convincing.
0: Well, yeah, or like clear. Like it just seems, it seems like, you know, obviously That's like she, the illusion is, is shattering and she's like crushing the eggs and she's like, oh, none of this, even the food isn't real, but the food is real. I don't know. The, that egg thing kind of confuses me.
1: Yeah. There are a lot of things that just just simply do not make sense
0: or just aren't fleshed out like they don't even even need to make that much sense just as long as you explain to me your reasoning for it like what is the movie's logic and that's what well, we don't get a lot we don't get a lot of like things <laughs> explained <laughs> like like they that would clear us up as the as the audience watching we're able to be on board with the story more because i'm right. always sort of left like okay but like why like, the, the glass moment. The glass crushing her. I'm like, okay, this can only be a metaphor for the walls closing in, you know,
1: yeah. th-
0: things are not as they seem, and the pressure's on for her to figure out why. That's, you know like, what the only I reason I can think of.
1: I read that they were like, oh, it specifically was glass because, you know, Alice... Um, it, it, oh, it's very yeah. much inspired by Alice in Wonderland and through the looking or the glass Truman the Show. Ground. The Truman, like, yeah,
0: where everybody's watching. They could see her through the glass. She's always being watched. Okay, all right, fine. I'm like, but like
1: sure, but but like
0: why? Why? Why is it coming in, in this kind of form where it's like where it's like moment after moment? It's like you know, it's like now we're watching her clean, and then the, the thing almost crushes her. It's like, it seems, it seems like it's for a specific reason, but is like being told to be taken metaphorically.
1: Yes. You know, like, I don't know how to explain it. Yes. Uh, And I think that we'll get more into it, especially as like, she tries to uncover the mystery of Margaret and like, you know, I I don't know. Yes. It's kind of a mess. And honestly, the most jarring scene in this is like seeing Margaret bang her head against the window and then she goes home and sees her slit her own throat and then jump off the roof. I was like... It it almost seemed like there was something missing in between those two scenes. Yeah. Like, what...
0: Like, yeah. There should have been more to Margaret. Obviously, she said her part was reduced significantly. To nothing. It would have have been nice to actually know Margaret a little bit um, because she starts off already, you know, losing it. And so it's not... I don't see like where she began I don't see we don't even barely don't, even see her husband in it like she's
1: literally just a thought device that serves as a warning to Alice to yeah like it, uh, it, it means yeah. she almost means nothing
0: right exactly and there's a lot of like red herrings like that like I almost think that this idea that they're like making weapons or that they yeah. there's like some some secret government project going on I almost I would have preferred to know more about that <laughs> I would rather <laughs> that had, like, been kind of true or something.
1: Because what is the earthquake thing?
0: I don't know. Joey had a good... Well, and, and I actually... Somebody had actually thought about this online, too. But Joey was like, do you think that's, like, the train going by their window as, like, you know, Alice is in that bed strapped there? Like, is that it? And I was like, oh, that's true. But then there's a scene where all of them experience the shake where Bunny and they're, like, when they're shopping at that... <laughs> at the mall or whatever they're doing. Yeah. They all feel it and they all talk about the shake. And I'm like, "Oh, so I was like, are, are they all collectively collectively in the same place where the the shake would be or is it running by the the headquarters where like oh, or is it just Are they
1: all living like in the same apartment building?
0: Um, yeah, like is it that or is it just something that was programmed to the system as a way to misdirect the women? I mean, yeah, yeah, that's that seems like what it actually is, but there could have been there could have been a clever way to incorporate that, like making it the train going by.
1: Too many questions, not enough answers.
0: No, absolutely (laughs) not. Like, what the hell does this mean? Like, it just feels like. But honestly, I was like, I kind of would prefer that movie if, like, in the middle of the desert, and then there is actually something going on down there. I don't know what the twist would be. I don't know what's down there, but I was like, man, if only they would have kept that idea that's kind of interesting
1: and I wonder if that was initially something I I I, I wonder watching this if this was like a Stepford Wives 2004 thing where it's like they just changed the way things were happening so much that it all ended up kind of being just a muddy mess yeah just a Frankenstein yeah yeah just sort of a Frankenstein of a project where it's like These things actually mean nothing. They're just hooked up to machines and experiencing this in their own fantasy land heads. (laughs) And if that were the case, how are they all connected? I don't know. Just too many questions, not enough answers.
0: Why can't these movies get it together? These, like, Stepford Wives-esque movies? Why do they always end up like this?
1: I don't know. Like, confusing. Get Out is the only one that's made it.
0: Yeah. It doesn't seem like the most intricate of plots where it's like, it's like the women are robots. But 2004 Stepford Wives really fucked that up like they're robots but they're not robots but they have chips in their heads this one it's like they're (laughs) like in the matrix but their experience it's just very confusing you know it's like no no, none of these types of movies have really nailed nailed it yet and that's so bizarre
1: to me no i think the stepford wife's book has been the only thing to really bring it all together yes (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) the only it's the definitive you know version of this genre okay so should we keep
1: going seeing what happens next
0: yeah oh one thing I wanted to say I really oh. I do really kind of like the score When all, it's like all the women they're like oh, 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 oh. I thought that's kind of fun
1: oh yeah it kind of felt a little too Suspiria for me but, oh sure okay and I'm like you're already borrowing a lot from other materials so like can we like yeah come on Olivia <laughs> I know it, but it did feel like you know
0: you know, a collective group of women breathing quickly. Like, it sounded like female rage. Like, I did kind of like that.
1: It felt like, oh, even Midsummer in a way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The women coming together to empathize with each other's feelings. Like, they're like, women have to, and what is Miss Jemma Chan saying this? She's like, we move collectively as a unit, and, you know, there's beauty and in, in balance or whatever the hell she says. But it's sort of that same idea. It's like, women, need to, you know, in order to fight their oppressor, they need to come together as a collective unit and work in synchronicity
1: and, yeah. and
0: do Lama's breathing, I guess.
1: There you go. There you have it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alice attempts to explain the events to Jack, but Jack dismisses it, explaining that Margaret simply fell while cleaning the windows and is perfectly fine and recovering in hospital with her husband, who has been forced to leave the Victory Project in order to take care of her. This version is further corroborated by the town physician Dr. Collins, played by Timothy Simons, who claims to have treated Margaret and attempts to give Alice the same prescription drugs. Alice later breaks into Dr. Collins' briefcase and finds a heavily redacted medical file for Margaret, which she then burns in frustration. Alice becomes increasingly paranoid and confused, feeling as if Frank is watching her every move. During a special victory event in which Frank gives Jack a special promotion, Alice has a breakdown in the bathroom and is confronted by Bunny. Alice attempts to explain everything to Bunny, but Bunny reacts angrily, accusing Alice of being selfish and attempting to ruin everything for everyone, pointing out she sounds just like Margaret. Bitch. Mature. Oh, fuck you up, Bunny.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, real mature Bunny. Not Bunny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, I was like, I would have loved to see Florence Pugh play a character named bunny but whatever <laughs> <laughs> it feels very 50s i think yeah
0: but like but, bunny. Like, but.
1: Bunny. hi yeah. i'm bunny <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> sometime later alice and jack invite the rest of the neighborhood except bunny and her husband bill played by nick kroll the hottest man in this movie <laughs> <laughs> shut up you bitch!
1: <laughs> you you fucking bitch!
0: they're invited to dinner with frank and shelly as special guests frank speaks privately with alice in the kitchen intimating that she's right in her suspicions and confessing that he's been waiting for someone like her to challenge him spurred on by frank's confession alice attempts to expose him and the inconsistencies in victory over dinner instead frank gaslights her making her look delusional to the other guests in the aftermath alex begs jack to take them both away from victory Jack initially agrees, but when Alice gets in the car, he lets her be taken away by Frank's men. Dr. Collins forces Alice to undergo electroshock therapy. During the procedure, Alice sees versions of herself in another life as a present-day surgeon named Alice Warren who lives with the unemployed Jack and struggles to
1: make ends meet. Okay. Oh, my God. The story is (laughs) unfolding Um, or unraveling, I should say. It's unfolding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the movie's unraveling. (laughs) The movie's unraveling. The story's unfolding. Um, (laughs) This is the stuff I don't get. This whole thing with Margaret being treated psychologically in this simulation. I don't get that because can't they just force them drugs via IV while they're connected to the? Why do they have to play it out in the simulation? Yeah, like is I mean,
0: it seems like they can't control their mind completely. Like, or so they still have to offer them psychological help within the simulation. Like, they're already being controlled. Why can't they just be programmed to comply? Like,
1: yeah, exactly. I, I
0: think I think I think that's one of my one of my biggest gripes about this movie, and it goes for for the whole thing, especially in the in the final act is that we don't get enough information about what's happening in the real world. I think I really struggle yes. with not knowing how, uh, anything about this technology that they are they are succumbed to. I, we don't know anything about the organization that is doing it. Like like what is the threat? Like what is this government funded? Is this underground? It, it just it leaves too many questions. Like there should have been more in the real world once we find out what is happening right once right. once the we should we should have seen more of the characters in the real world we should have had more of that so the the the, the puzzle feels yes. complete i feel like there's a whole missing part of this movie it's almost like uh like a pie that's like just the crust it's yes. like okay where's the
1: rest right i think that when frank confesses to alice that she's right that is when we can yeah. transition to see more of what's happening in the real world. And I think yes. that's that's where this movie uh, tricks itself. It thinks that it's smarter than it is. It's not very yeah. smart. It's literally like right. somebody said, what if they lived in a place and it was all like a simulation and they're actually hooked up to computers? I'm like, it's I, like okay. oh, I've
0: seen that movie. It's called The Matrix.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I understand it, but I almost feel like this could have been played differently because with that being said, we then find out that this is all you know, part of Jack is very aware of this. Like they're not Yeah. Just, they're not all like being it's just the way. Yeah, the
0: men are compliant. Yes. And we The men are that compliant and the women are being held prisoner.
1: <laughs> prisoner. Yeah, some of them are there I think Bunny, right? She's there because she wants to be B-
0: Bunny is the only one, yes, and we yeah. find out why in the next section, but um, yeah, it's like these, it's obviously very dark. It's very, you know, there's yeah. a lot of commentary on on men, you know, ta- taking control of their women here. Like, yeah. I, I understand that. But it's just, it doesn't feel like we get enough perspective on the outside to explain what's happening on the inside.
1: Yes. And I also feel like, given that they went with a full-on Stepford Wife storyline of, Alice Warren she's she's a she's a surgeon and her husband's unemployed the men are feeling inferior to the women and this is their way of regaining their control I feel like okay this story has been done to death but if you wanted to make it about patriarchy find a new way to do it or yeah. if you wanted to make it about class or something like that, I think yeah. that would have been really interesting to where sure. none of them were aware that they were in a simulation. and mm. But because this is a movie about you know gender and the patriarchy and taking it down and challenging it and stuff like that, I just feel like I wish they would have found a different way to do it. I kind of feel like yeah. they should have just been brainwashed instead of making it so you know dramatic with the the where they are like if you're going to ignore like you're saying if they're going to ignore what's actually happening in the real world then make it that they're brainwashed make it yeah make another yes
0: (laughs) sure absolutely that would have been a that would have been a different twist that it's like because like once it was like oh look here's them in modern times it was like duh i'm like this is it's exactly what i thought it was gonna be Yes. what is this, the village like it's it was it's uh, yes. you know you see it coming a mile away and you're kind of yes. like oh so it was exactly what I thought this is you like didn't do any other sort of nothing new. work to like twist it up to make it feel fresh to make it new nope you just said we're gonna give you the same story and we're not gonna do it any different
1: we're not gonna do anything I think that um, also there's this scene I, I think we've totally missed who the real star of this movie is aside from Florence Pugh, Dita Von T's.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> I said, what is that old bitch doing on my screen? I'm just
1: oh, she looked fantastic. And I love that. So martini good. glass. She looks uh, ageless.
0: Oh, her and her dress is stunning. Whoever, St- like the costume designer stunning. on this movie, absolutely flawless. Like I, I watched an HBO, um, little featurette on, on her and mm-hmm. she's She's so talented. Okay, And that dress that Miss Dita Vantis is wearing is stunning. It's a glittering gold. It looks like she's just dripping in it. And um, I appreciated that.
1: <laughs> yeah, she looked absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I loved that scene. I loved the way it looked. I loved the music. I loved the club. Oh, just what a party! About it just looked I know. fucking amazing. And I really yeah. love this scene between Olivia, uh, or sorry, Bunny and Alice discussing, you know, Alice is kind of telling her her suspicions and Bunny kind of lashes out at her and I really loved that scene between the two of them. I thought they really did a great job with the acting and that.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it's really good. I think that I mean <laughs> Bun- it's so interesting like knowing now, what I, knowing what I know now after watching it and then seeing Olivia's portrayal as Bunny and realizing how often she is she is constantly the one trying to control the narrative because she is aware unlike yes. the rest of them so she's and she wants to stay there she wants to be in victory and so you see how often she's the one sort of dictating like don't question anything you know you're you're asking too many questions and um and don't i ruin think this I, for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Selfish yeah. bitch. Like, to be honest, I think she, I think Bunny's a little compliant in all of this, and she should be punished. She is. Yeah, she has a lot to lose too. So I'm surprised that she helps Miss Alice escape in the end, because it, honestly,
1: that seems like an inconsistency to me. Yeah, I was like, I don't think I'd be willing to sacrifice what I had. That, it, it, given her character's drive, I don't think that she would have sacrificed that for Alice.
0: Yeah, and also the fact that she told her and then tells her to escape, which again, this is another one of these gripes that I have, which is like uh, we're already skipping ahead to the, to the final section, but I mean, uh, <laughs> I know. you know, just this i this idea that if Alice wakes up, like this is all over. But it's like why what what threat does she pose to with the outside world? Like what
1: probably exposing the project
0: is that what it is? I don't know are they afraid of her exposing it? it's never really
1: made clear I think that it was exactly that that like if she gets out of it that she can make everybody aware of what's really <laughs> going on at the victory project and that I guess. would all be over because that shit seems illegal
0: <laughs> yeah but, but yeah I mean it seems illegal but it's like who is funding this who is doing this Who's is it somebody this? that Who's she has it? does she have the capability of taking it down? Like, is it some high powered organization that can shut her down in two seconds? Or is this, or does this woman really pose a threat by waking up? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Cause we're never given that. In, we're never given that information.
1: But also I wanted to figure out, I was like, I, I get it. I get the storyline of the separate wives and all of that. But at the same time, I'm like if this were real and there wasn't actually a thing like this where you could live in a simulation well, don't you think that there would be a lot of people that would actually want to live like this versus I mean, people yeah. being there uh, against their will
0: <laughs> well of course and I think that if, of course if but if everybody in Victory was compliant to this and like lived there because they wanted to the movie would be completely different but the movie decides <laughs> pleasant, to make <laughs> Yeah, maybe Pleasantville, but this movie's perspective is that these men feel inferior to their women, or they're not being slept with enough, or they're unhappy as they try to. As J- I think Jack's character tries to twist it, like twist it, um, and then they they kidnap their wives and you know force them into the simulation. When honestly, maybe they would have wanted it. What if he had a conversation with her and was like, "Hey, let's yeah. do this." Maybe she would have been into it.
1: And here's my issue as well. Is there's this moment, and I think it might happen for this dinner party where he goes, "Just do me a favor, don't cook, don't make any tuna." And she goes, "Oh, well, I was gonna make a, like a tuna bake." Oh, that's in the very, that's for, in the very beginning. Oh yeah, for the main course. And he's like, "Oh," and then we then see him like eating tuna like in real life. Yeah, out of a can. And I'm like, so he didn't want her to cook it in the simulation because he's already eating it um in the real world. But that's in the real then, world, why would he not mind eating it in the simulation? Because are they even actually eating?
0: Yeah, like, I mean, if they can die in this simulation, I'm assuming they have the entire spectrum of the human experience. So I'm assuming if you eat in the simulation, you eat in real life? I don't know. That doesn't even make any sense. But Are she's you asleep. eating in your mind? Yeah, do these, how do these people get nutrition? She doesn't like get bed <laughs> Okay, yeah, she probably does. If they're just, like, laying there all night, does she ever eat? It just All we see is him dripping a washcloth of water into her mouth but does she ever eat
1: uh, does she ever eat and if they're f- connected to bre- uh, feeding tubes how are they not connected to medicine like IV sedation or something like that like right or you know like if they're giving well, them pills in the simulation are they right. even or really like...
0: working or is like okay there's so many questions we we're just literally listing all the questions but it's like <laughs> if so it, oh, I don't even know. Maybe I'll, I'll wait to save this question until later, until we get to it, because all my questions are for the end of the movie. But like, I mean, if you wear um,
1: an Oculus and you're you're in space, you're not actually in space. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? <laughs> you can't touch the shit you're saying in your head.
0: Okay, then I'm just gonna say what I was gonna say. So like what? so who's running this is the machine so the machine is taken to their house like it makes no sense like how would
1: in a living facility where this but they can't be because
0: they can't be because Alice would have been you know you know apprehended immediately when this all (laughs) happened but Olivia's like you need to wake up before they can get you because on the real world in the real world they're, they're coming for you so what they have to travel to go get her like
1: that seems messy sloppy for as smart as this organization is they're really making a lot of mistakes
0: whatever this mysterious organization is that we have no idea what it is
1: it's the victory project
0: (laughs) oh you're right you're right well back to this party Um, can we can we talk about um Harry Styles stunning musical dance performance performance. (laughs) dance
1: I was oh, like, this is my going God. on too long.
0: This is going on too long. I <laughs> love them not showing his feet, but he's like, has like puppet arms. He's like, whoa. <laughs> I was,
1: like, it was like Pearl.
0: <laughs> yes. I know. I, I think, yeah, they should that was be the best they, dancing
1: I've ever done. <laughs> yeah.
0: The MTV Movie Awards would nominate them for best dance sequence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Best dance sequence. Mm, Mia yeah. Goth, Pearl. Yeah. Harry Styles, Don't Worry, Darling. Also he like barrel turned like 30 times it's like okay
1: pick a new anything pick else pick a new thing yeah <laughs> yeah and people are cheering
0: <laughs> i know but i do, but i did think i was like okay so maybe this is how frank sort of like puppeteering these men or like they're they're they'll like dance for him no matter what these men are like desperate for his help to be happy in their relationships and that they're willing to make fools of themselves and be his like dancing monkey uh, in order to impress him, um, I thought that was kind of interesting. But uh, I thought it was an interesting idea. So I understand. I think the point of the dance sequence, but it is just very. It goes on way too long, and it's not very an impressive dance. No, for it's, the
1: world's biggest pop star. It's really quite awful. Um, I, actually, um, I was trying to rewatch this before we started, so that it was fresh in my mind, and I, I stopped right at that moment where he's <laughs> b- barrel-turning. Also, quick question about Dita Von Tisa's character. Is she, like, a... <laughs> is she, like... Is she real? Is she in the simulation? Is she a simulation? Is she, like, a non-playable character? She's Siri. Oh, yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. How I'm did like, she show she? up there? Yeah.
0: This is some nerd's fantasy who just whipped her up in the
1: simulation. She's not even real, probably. She's a video game character. They just transferred over the files.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They should have...
1: Yeah. A dragon shows up.
0: Yeah, their their porn stash, their porn links. They're like, okay. She's not a a porn star. She's a burlesque dancer, but like... (laughs) She's a stripper. (laughs) Yeah. She's a stripper-ass bitch. Okay. (laughs) She's a fancy stripper. Okay.
1: Okay, so we already kind of jumped ahead, so should we just finish this off? (laughs) Let's get to the compelling shit. (laughs) Yeah. Alice returns to victory, apparently cured of her hysteria, and reunites with Jack and with Bunny. However, as Alice resumes her normal life, she continues to have hallucinations and flashbacks. Alice then remembers the whole truth. (laughs) Very convenient. Yeah. Victory is a simulated world created by Frank and that Jack has kidnapped her and forced her into the simulation in the hope that they can lead a perfect life together. When Jack realizes she knows the truth, he claims he did this for her as she was miserable in her real life. But Alice is enraged that Jack took away her autonomy. Jack hugs Alice, begging her to forgive him, but begins to crush her and Alice kills him with a glass tumbler in self-defense killing Jack in the real world as well. Ooh,
0: Nightmare on Elm Street rules.
1: Ooh, there's dream logic here. (laughs) (laughs) Frank is alerted to Jack's death and sends his men to capture her. Alice is found with Jack's body by Bunny, who explains that she has known all along that victory is a simulation, but chooses to stay so she can be with her children, who are dead in real life. (laughs) (laughs) So sensitively put. (laughs) <laughs> so they're also npcs yeah they are got it
0: yeah you can't play you can't play as them but you can download <laughs> them for $5.99
1: <laughs> they, she did the upgrade yeah I'm exactly on the pro version of the fig tree project <laughs> yes. don't fuck this up for me <laughs> yes <laughs> alice gets ads that's what the dancing women yes. are in her head yes, yes.
0: <laughs> oh my god wait that's amazing yes all her hallucinations are just yeah <laughs> are just ads <laughs> and bunny um yeah bunny got the upgrade she double tapped the side of her iPhone
1: oh my god face ID face ID get two kids Purchased. $5.99 each yeah. <laughs> yeah and then when she tells her to go she canceled her subscription <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: yes but they said you could have it for thirteen more days until it expires
1: but it ends on November twenty third uh- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bunny tells Alice to flee to Victory Headquarters, which is an exit portal from the simulation, and holds off Bill when he attempts to attack Alice for killing Jack. Oh my god, that part's hilarious.
0: Oh my god, Olivia like grabs Nick Kroll and just chucks him across the lawn. Like, it's very subtle. And yeah. I, ne- I, didn- I didn't notice it until the second time I watched it. I was like, oh my god, that, that was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, she just manhandled that dude. What if she would have tossed him and he flew through the air? <laughs> Honestly, at this point of the movie, when all shit's exploding for no apparent reason, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past this movie to throw Nick Kroll t- across the entire street. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, because then it starts to turn into Carrie, so... <laughs> I don't know. Yes, it does. The other wives gradually begin to realize the truth as their husbands start to panic. Alice steals Jack's car and drives out towards Victory Headquarters, chased by Dr. Collins and Frank's men. She tricks Dr. Collins into killing himself and several others in a car crash. At their house, Shelly stabs Frank to death, claiming it is now her turn. Alice makes it to Victory Headquarters, where she encounters a vision of Jack asking her to stay. Alice ignores the vision and rushes to the window just before Frank's men reach her. Over a black screen, the sound of Alice gasping for air is heard, implying she escaped. So where's Shelly going? Yeah, what is the deal with Shelly?
0: This moment is so confusing. What does she mean it's her turn? What does that yeah. mean? Her turn to do what?
1: I thought she was going to pull a Glenn Close. I, thought,
0: I mean, I, was, I get it. Okay, so like, obviously she's like pissed that she, I'm assuming she is also... You know, kidnapped by Frank or something, and she stabs him. But then she says, "It's my, it's my turn now" or something like that.
1: Right. To do what? Uh,
0: who are who are these people? Who the fuck is
1: Frank? <laughs> I thought literally that this was gonna turn into uh, The Stepford Wives 2004, where it's revealed that yes, Mike isn't the one behind it. It's actually his wife, played by one Glenn Close. Oh that right, she yeah, was that- behind it.
0: Right, exactly. But that doesn't seem to be the case. It seems to be like she woke up first of all, this moment when they all start waking up, I'm like, what is happening? Why are they all waking up? Is the system just malfunctioning? But why?
1: Why are the streetlights bursting into glass
0: Why is everything exploding? <laughs> why are the women all of a sudden waking up because she knows was if one of them finds out the truth, they all they all do, but then that doesn't explain Bunny? Is Nick Kroll's yeah. character the one who is Under control,
1: I know. And some, no, I don't, I I don't know who it is. Like, but some, I think they're, I think it's Frank, and I think they're all kind of working for her. But also, one of the things that I read was that Shelly and Frank's character names came from Mary Shelley and Frankenstein, and Mary Shelley created Frankenstein. So I'm like thinking to myself, was she by the whole time?
0: If she was great, I would love that, but they don't no, explain it to us. We never see Frank in the real world. So we have like this you know, we have a lot of build up to who Frank is like in this reality, but we, why don't we ever see Frank in the real world? Why don't we ever see the the cult leader or the, you know, the president of this operation or whatever the hell he is? Why don't we ever see that part of it? It's like we're not we're only given the a little slice of this story. So that when it all comes to an end, you're sort of like, "Is this just the first episode of a show?" Like, honestly, this, sh- like, uh, it, you yeah, know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. it, like, there's no way this, any of the stories ever going forward with more. But it's like, it feels like it needs to be. It feels like we're just touching the surface. We're not even introduced to all the characters yet, <laughs> and the movie's no. over. I
1: know. I don't know, and some of it, like when, like you're saying. Like, why is everybody waking up? And why are the streetlights bursting and, you know, bursting? And what what's happening? It almost feels to me like a lot of the visuals are not actually supposed to be taken literally. That They're almost supposed right. to be, like, you know, implying that it's all yeah. come to crumbling down. Yes. Like... Her
0: female rage. Look at it. It's causing light bulbs to shatter. Witch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> her her primal scream from the inside is causing it to to crash i don't know like it it doesn't really it's like what is happening (laughs) yeah
1: i don't know and and it
0: feels like very intense and you know they're chasing her and you're you're like rooting for her to get to the headquarters but you're like i again like what is the threat that she poses (laughs) well like
1: yeah what is it it really truly doesn't make sense and I remember you telling me when you watched it you were like it has a lot of inconsistencies like Stepford Wife 2004 inconsistencies and I don't think yeah. it's quite that bad but there's just missing I mean so it's not careless
0: missing Yeah,
1: that it, it
0: it feels incomplete where's the rest of it
1: yeah where's the rest of the feels- fucking
0: story where's the rest of the movie and for a movie that's two and a half hours long I can't believe we don't get
1: any story. Yes. Like, and like you said, they could have taken out a lot of the beauty, a lot of the fluff, and given us the story.
0: Some of the scenes between Florence and Harry, like, oh my God, like, this could have been edited down so much. Like, there's that scene after, um, after the dinner party, and Alice is, like, desperately asking Jack to... To run away with her. Let's like, get out of here. That scene goes on for so long. And it's like this could have been reduced a lot. And maybe we could have gotten more story where we needed it.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. I think that the story and maybe even Olivia. But the screenwriters specifically got too lost in the simulation part of the story. And didn't yeah. ever give us a true description of what's actually going on and I feel like if they would have done that it could have been a more compelling story and it could have led to something like a series or a sequel or yeah. a, you know a trilogy even like it could have been more than what it is it has potential but I don't think that the writers are as smart as what they think they're creating yeah,
0: absolutely like again there's just so many like simple questions you and I have asked just this in an entire episode and there are so many more questions like you know, like what about her? Fa- what about Alice's family, and friends, and her job back home? And she's just missing. Nobody cares about where she is. She just like
1: <laughs> yeah disappears oh, th- off the face it- of the earth. We don't know because we don't know what we kind don't know. Of reality they're truly living in. Absolutely. We don't are know they living like us. And if they <laughs> are, why were they not content with being cooked up to this machine in this perfect world? <laughs>
0: It just makes no sense. What do we think of Harry Styles' little uh, bad boy transformation?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think that I I like him in movies. I do. But I think that there's only so much he can do. And so... He, yeah, his, his
0: range is a little limited, I will say. He's not terrible, limited.
1: but no, he's, not. he's...
0: I mean, when you put him in a scene with Florence, like, she might as well be acting I with mean, a piece of wood. <laughs> yeah.
1: Florence is greater than Harry... <laughs>
0: yeah, and yeah. it just and it, you know, and it's probably not any fault of anybody. I mean, I don't think it's his fault. I just think that she's no. obviously an actress, and he is like a an entertainer who is giving been given the opportunity to probably take on a character that's very complex. Um, and
1: like, and like you said, his range is very limited, and her range is so vast, and she gets to show off a yeah. lot of emotional range in this movie. That yeah. he does pale in comparison to her. He does. He
0: does. And so like in this little transfer, you know, when you see who, who uh, Jack really is and he's like this, like kind of scummy guy with long Ew. hair the the girls that in my movie theater when I saw this were laughing hysterically because it was hilarious to see the person that they, you know, they're so in love with look so shitty, but like in a comic, it almost looked
1: comical it did it looked the, like the greasy uh,
0: hair the bad skin it was like oh my god give me a break it was
1: like a theater production like yes. oh this is the the weirdo <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah like, oh, okay
0: and all the girl and, and you know a lot of the draw to this movie was Harry being in it and so there were a lot of young teenage yeah. girls that that came out in droves to see this film and were honestly probably I don't know about second I don't know. if They were like sad secondhand embarrassment, but it was uh, it was probably not what they were hoping for.
1: I, I I don't think it it was. And honestly, I don't know. This movie needed to be better.
0: It needed to be better, and it to, to I think be Olivia honest, needed to
1: get out of her trailer and make yes. some executive decisions about where the story was headed.
0: Right. I'm sure. How did it all... they
1: not see how bad the story was? None I of don't them. Don't know. Not Olivia. Not Florence. Not the screenwriters. The I mean, maybe Florence did.
0: Maybe, <laughs> maybe Florence was the only one who knew. So she's. I'm. I am distancing myself as much as possible from this piece of shit before it comes out. And um, you know, and Miss Olivia probably thought she was. She was really doing something with this, <laughs> and uh, it's just not the case. She did. She did not deliver. I'm sorry, Miss Olivia, to tell you. And like, like I said, a lot of it's the screenplay And and I honestly don't think it comes back on any of the actors But you know, the director is usually involved in the editing process And yeah. you know, there's So I do think that Olivia probably does have a bit to, of blame to take care of for this
1: I think she has a, a, a little bit to blame here Because the script is one thing but we've covered movies on this podcast where the script starts off one way and then they completely flip it. I mean, I told you I read the original script for Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. It was shit. But what they yeah. created it, what they turned it into, what the director helped turn it into is so much better. I, I She could have made this so much better. I just don't think that she knew how. Uh, yeah. or, or she was just preoccupied. I, right. I or her
0: her eye was only on the visual. And she, I want beautiful actors and beautiful landscapes. You know, do you know being beautiful and glamorous? And it's like, okay, and, in and then she succeeded. And then that she succeeded, but the rest of it feels like an afterthought, which is crazy because you're telling a story, and that's where this movie suffers the most. And so, it's an unfortunate. <laughs> it would have been better. It's unf-
1: <laughs> it would have been better if she would have walked into that like. Hub, that mirrored uh, building. Oh yeah, and, and realize, and then like, <laughs> this is so stupid. What I'm about to say, she falls out of. Um, she falls, and then she gets up, and she realizes that she's a doll in a dollhouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, amazing! <laughs> and she can't get up, and she can't move her arm. Where were you
0: for Olivia when she needed you? You could have really saved this project with that one.
1: And the reason why the eggs are empty is because they're fucking plastic.
0: <laughs> 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 and then they're like Barbie the movie. Actually...
1: <laughs> they were like, "Are you surprised that Barbie was actually turned into Don't Worry, Darling?" And Florence yes. replaced Margot.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, imagine. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that'd be absolutely.
0: What if? What if she got to that little building, the little headquarters, and opened it up, and it was just people working. And that
1: she, oh. she was embarrassed. Eating Throw donuts on. and. Yeah. <laughs> modern, Working on machinery.
0: They delete her. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. How did she get me? What in did she and delete?
1: But that's what I'm saying. If they're in such control of this simulation, how do they not like reset it or put her back yeah. where she was? It seems like.
0: Right, exactly. It seems like these people have no idea how to control the simulation. They're just
1: going for it. It seems like the writers had no idea how the characters could control the simulation.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like... They don't even know who's in controlling the simulation. That's what I'm saying. I don't even think that the writers or Olivia even gave any thought to who was running the show and what the capabilities of this program is. They're just like...
1: And they, they do kind of discuss... Or, or hint that there are applicants that want to be a part of the program. And yeah. there are so many users using it right now. And so I'm like, so yeah, you they're sign like 72
0: active users. They 426 ship applicants. And you I guess. Uh,
1: connect it to your wife. And yeah, it's like just, Amazon primed to your front door. You guys just lay next to each other. And, and I actually think they're onto something here. I think that's a really. Uh, inventive thing, not for mind control or to you know, you know, keep these old fucking yeah. ridiculous gender norms up, but to just escape, go on vacation in your head. Yeah, I yeah.
0: actually thought the be- the best idea about the thing, about the program in general, was that the men had to leave during the day to go and work in the real world to make money to pay for this thing. I thought that was probably <laughs> one of the better ideas that this movie offered. And I was like, that is interesting. Like, that's why he goes to work every day is because he has to. to Yeah, because they're like, they have to, they cannot stay in there the entire time. They have to leave the simulation at a certain point. And that's why they go to work every day. I was like, oh, see, that's kind of a fun idea. Let's expand on that. No. Maybe
1: it really comes down to like, this app needs an update. (laughs) It's glitching. This is all done on the iPhone, yeah, in our minds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's actually not a comment about the patriarchy. It's a comment about how our online lives yes. are taking over our real lives. <laughs> exactly.
0: How iOS programs are really terribly, uh, terribly programmed.
1: And then this is where we really find out that Olivia missed the march. Like, this movie is about female pleasure. And it's like, it's a movie Blair. about women being slaves.
0: Yeah, exactly. And ha- being forced to have sex with their oppressors. <laughs>
1: yeah. I was like, is that pleasure to you, Olivia? Maybe this is why your personal life is such a mess. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Let's not get into it. Whatever, well, whatever.
0: Well, we missed a lot of like the big moments in this movie, but whatever. Who cares? You only wanted to hear about this part of it from us, I'm you sure. You wanted to hear us drag <laughs> this project. Give, Be real. <laughs> and, and I think we did. Anyway, I don't think it was too bad, so I'm going to give it a four out of five. I'm just- <laughs> yeah, final
1: thoughts, final thoughts.
0: Yeah, final thoughts. I mean, okay, like we said, visually stunning. I think the cast is actually fantastic. I think Florence yeah. Pugh obviously carries this movie from beginning to end. And the part of it that I enjoy the most is just watching her on screen because she's so good. Every choice that she makes is just out of this world, I think. So I could could watch her over and over again, and she makes, honestly, this movie watchable for me. Like, I watched it today. Is it the best movie I've ever seen? Absolutely not, but am I able to watch it because she's fantastic? Yes. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's a movie that we've obviously seen before. It is a mix of, like we said, The Stepford Wives, The Matrix, The Truman Show, of... A little bit of carry, a little bit of everything, and so mm. I mean, and it's fine, but it just is, it just doesn't feel complete to me. It feels like a, the movie equivalent of a fucking
1: semi-hard dick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, just like like you never can never play wreck
1: it. So there's not really any much else you can do. It's never gonna come
0: yeah it's never gonna yeah exactly we're never gonna get to climax
1: (laughs) so it just yeah it just it feels
0: incomplete and it leaves you with so many questions at the end that it you're sort of like why even bother caring anymore they didn't care about these questions so why should i so for that and for miss lawrence's performance alone i give this movie a two and a half out of five
1: okay amazing that's yeah, a I, grade. <laughs> I, <laughs> I would... I'm going to agree with most everything that you said. Again, it's visually beautiful. The costuming, the styling, the makeup, the performances are all very decent and, and in a way excel and take this movie to where it needed to be in a way. Um, the writing is fucking awful. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. The writing is awful. Olivia only has so much blame to take about this. Um, I think she has a very, uh, an eye for beauty an eye for detail. I think she can really conjure up some visually compelling work for her filmography as a director. I just don't think that this material worked in her favor um, a- because I don't book smart was a great movie and I think she did a fantastic job with that, but this is not that movie you know this is like
0: it it is so wildly different
1: it's so wildly different I think she was in a little bit over her head I think she knew what she wanted it to look like I just don't think that she knew what ideas to contribute to make the story better and for that it's a two out of five
0: do you think that Olivia has a future after this in directing or do you think that this is going to really affect her her reputation I would hope I don't, that, I don't know. I would I think that people that this will is be forgiving. A, learning,
1: a learning experience for her. I don't think... Yes. I, I personally don't think... Because I think that she has so much potential. With what she did in Booksmart and with how she made this look... Right. I think that there's definitely a future for her as a director. I just don't think that... She just has to... I don't know. She has to assign herself to projects that are yeah, fully Yeah, pick formed. the right
0: project. Yeah, <laughs> pick the right project for you. Like... Yeah. And... It's, you know, maybe one day she'll be able to redeem herself and make, make a similar movie that really nails it. And, but maybe until she then. should direct porn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're right. Of course. No. <laughs> porn for
0: the female, for the female pleasure.
1: Or direct Harry Styles music videos from now on. I mean, I don't know. She's. Okay. She's That's one, Same thing. Yeah. Porn,
0: Harry Styles music videos. <laughs> it's all the same to me. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah no i think that she should still be given a chance at really making a, a her mark as a director
0: yeah all right well here's hoping that the next one is uh is a redeemable one for you olivia yeah Live. and
1: on and honestly we gave her a hard time in this podcast as well like she needed it <laughs> <laughs> yeah because, um i feel for her in this i feel like this was such a disaster for her career um, I don't feel for I, her.
0: She was getting fucking dick down by Harry Styles. I don't feel bad. for you're her. You're jealous of her. instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm jealous. Is what I am.
1: Yeah, yeah. But no,
0: otherwise. I do feel bad. I feel bad because she took a lot of. She's taking a lot of shit, and we gave her a lot of shit here. Not that she cares about us, but just the public in general gave her a lot of shit. So I think hey, you what? you'll get him she... next time, girl.
1: Yeah, and I think when she comes out of this and she has a solid movie under her belt, that she'll probably look back at this and be like, "Wow, that was a really dark time in my life."
0: <laughs> yeah, like oops. she'll probably be like, "Yeah, I God. really I really fucked that one up, but um hey, look at me now. I have 3 Oscars." Yeah. So maybe that's I'm, the future of Olivia.
1: I'm looking forward to a redemption story from her, so yes.
0: That's right.
1: All right. We're yeah. we're rooting for you, Olivia. We're rooting for you. Here. She FTTQ She has the eye for it. She definitely does. Yeah yeah rooting for you girl
0: alright well um hey thank you for uh listening to our episode here on don't worry darling uh, make sure you head over to our social media to our instagram at fear the talking queers
1: absolutely leave us a apple podcast review and leave us some stars on spotify
0: yeah stars stars shining bravo, yeah. was that in this yes. movie it
1: should be it should have been no I don't think it was um, <laughs> <laughs> oh and also we did our Spotify rap, so thank you for the 96 oh, yes. people <laughs> I know the 96 we were, people that we top were in
0: 10. their top 10 podcasts that was impressive that really I think. was I know, and apparently how many is it, like 85% of you guys are new listeners or like not the yeah. same listeners as 79%. we
1: had. Yeah. yeah
0: as last year like, hey, thank you for yes. joining the party, we appreciate it
1: yeah, absolutely, we can't wait to bring you more content, so don't worry darling, because we'll be back next week
0: yes with <gasps> Werewolves Within.
1: Werewolves Within. That's gonna be a new one for me, and yes. it's the first movie we're doing that wasn't released this year.
0: Ooh, I it, it is, it is. All right, yeah. Make sure you get your your winter coats on because we are in the midst of December and we
1: are getting chilly. Yes. In the meantime, Sweet Scream's darling. Yeah, Sweet Scream's darling. <laughs> Bye.